Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is time once again to bring you the Raw Review because Extreme Rules is this Saturday. And oh my God, every match has a stipulation. It's like we've gone back in time where things were a little more extreme. Geo Underwear, this place that is holding this show will be. Oh, yeah. It's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the home of Extreme. And also, with Triple H taking over, clearly things are a lot better than they used to be. And I look forward to this show a lot. And there are multiple reasons. But the biggest one, all things being pointed towards the Wells Fargo Center in Philly for Saturday for a potential return of somebody but to rewind a little bit because it's been a while since i've done one of these for raw and for smackdown just to get people caught up if you've been living underneath a rock which is understandable or you just don't want to watch wwe programming and you'd rather listen to what's going on and i appreciate all those who listen but a few weeks ago at a live show uh, during one of the, the weekends in between the last pay-per-view and now. They started playing during you know intermissions between matches the song White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. It's a classic song from the 60s. And it was accompanied by some red lighting and some white lighting. And people were a little confused by it because it wasn't just a normal intermission going between the song uh, in between a wrestling match. So people kind of caught on to it and put it on Twitter to let everybody else know that something strange is beginning to happen. So you fast forward a week or two and all of a sudden during Raw's and during Smackdown's, we'd see QR codes or certain figures would flash behind people as they were talking or, you know, the screen would contort a little and, or the lights would go out during the matches. And it's like, something's going on. Of course, the QR codes would start leading to cryptic clues that the internet and wrestling Twitter, this is, this is the power of wrestling Twitter within like five, 10 minutes, every single thing was dissected and put out for the rest of Twitter to understand and to try to see who this would be. And immediately people started thinking this was going to be Bray, which for me, I, I hoped because I feel like out of all the people that were released before Triple H took over, I felt like Bray's was the most egregious. Like it, it didn't make sense why they would let him go. Even if he, he if he needed to step away for time, they would let him do so with, you know, his last match with Randy and the whole betrayal of uh, Miss Bliss. He needed time away. It would have been perfect for him to do that and then return and whatever. But letting him go always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So immediately I latched on to this and I try not to let my hope grow when it comes to these types of things. Even though Triple H has been definitely showing up and showing out since SummerSlam, I still am a little weary that this egregious error can be fixed 
And the more and more of the QR codes and, and the random things that would happen on the shows just keeps leading and pointing and pointing towards Bray. And at this point, I feel like, and I'm probably not alone here, if this person ends up not being Bray, I'm guaranteeing they're probably going to fail so hard because the crowd is going to erupt in the worst way possible. Um, of course, when the beginning of this whole thing, people started throwing names around like carrying cross because he had a white rabbit gimmick um, in Lucha Underground. You could also say Paul London as well, because he was also deep in that. People thought this might have been Edge at some point, and obviously Edge has returned to television since then, so clearly it's not him. Carrying Cross has been doing a phenomenal job in his, his program that he's doing with Drew McIntyre. Paul London, I know he still wrestles, but this would be an awful lot for, for his return. Uh, and I feel like, no offense to him, this might be a little too big for Paul London, but it is what it is. Um, so that's why it all led back to Bray. Uh, it just seems right. He should have shown up by now in AEW if he was going to come back to wrestling. I think this would be a perfect way, once again, to, for him to reinvent himself. Uh, he doesn't need to be the fiend. Uh, but after this past Monday, there could be a little bit of fiend left inside there. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So going to the show itself, we did have some more cryptic messages um, talking about Samson and, and Delilah and the betrayal there, which obviously leads back to the betrayal between Miss Bliss and, and Bray back at WrestleMania 37 with his match against Randy Orton. So people are like, this is 99.9% sure that this is going to be Bray. It's not going to take away from how amazing his return will be once he officially shows up on TV or at the, the premium live event. So I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> optimistic uh, very, uh, very, but very cautious at the same time because I, I, I can't help but get my hopes up and I'm expecting disappointment, but I also have to remember that this is a new era in WWE, so you never know. Uh, but we kicked things off tonight with a good tag team match between Finn Balor and Damian Priest of the Judgment Day taking on AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio. Now, Finn has been trying to get more people to join judgment day ever since dominic finally turned on his father and on edge uh, back at SummerSlam, and i know a lot of people are not really big fans of dominic but i think he's been killing it as part of judgment day uh i thought he's been doing a really pretty pretty damn good job uh putting him with Rhea has just been uh, wonder has done wonders for his career so far. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes going forward between them. But Finn has now been targeting AJ Styles to bring him in. AJ uh, has been, you know, brushing him off, flipping him off, whatever. You know, just no, he's not going to join. Judgment Day then ends up always taking him out afterwards, trying to beat some sense into him. I guess if you want to call it that way. Finn keeps telling him, "I'm your friend. Don't make me do this to you." Will AJ eventually turn? I don't know. This, of course, leads people to think that maybe the Good Brothers will make a return to WWE to save AJ Styles. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but you never know. It, it, all things are possible. But this match was great. Uh, but, of course, the constant of Dominic Mysterio distracting his father at the most opportune times for Judgment Day once again happens. 
Ray, not paying attention, gets taken out by Rhea, and Finn is able to get the pin on AJ Styles. Judge Jay celebrating as they walk back to the backstage, and Ray apologizing to AJ for, you know, messing up, not being there, and AJ's like, you're right, it's your fault. Then shoves down Ray, and then Ray says, fine, he leaves, and then AJ gets attacked once again by the Judgment Day. So the beatings continue. I feel like this is that that old that old pirate moto. The, the, uh, the beatings will continue until morale improves. So it's one of those things. It's just AJ's going to continue getting his ass handed to him by the Judgment Day until he decides to just join them, or some other force comes in to help AJ overcome them. So we'll see. After that, we had an interesting moment in the back with Bobby Lashley uh, being interviewed as he comes into the building, stating that now he's had the U.S. championship for three months, but he's not going to rest on his laurels. He wants to be a fighting champion. And, of course, that leads Mustafa Ali to come out of nowhere and says, like, all right, fine. I want a shot. Bobby initially brushed them off, goes, no, no, I see you hustling. You know, I'll, I'll make sure you get your shot, you know, when the time is right. And Ali's like, nah, that's not how this is going to work here. Basically just getting into Bobby's face. Like, no, nah, I want this right now. Bobby's like, all right, you fine. You want to go? All right, <laughs> let's go. They have themselves a great match. Uh, Ali had a couple chances to actually win this match, but eventually... Bobby does get him into the hurt lock. Good thing to note here that Mustafa Ali did not submit. He passed out. So whether he uses that to advantage going forward, we'll see. But Bobby does retain the title. But, of course, he gets attacked almost immediately afterwards by Seth Rollins, who has uh, been a little bit of a thorn in Bobby's side uh, after uh, running his mouth towards Bobby and, and Bobby shut him up, but that was because of Riddle's interference. Seth's not done here. So this ends up actually becoming now a title match next week after Extreme Rules. Lashley will put his title on the line against Seth Rollins. Now, does that mean Seth's going to win the fight pit? Not necessarily, but man's already got another shot at the gold. So, hey. I ain't, I ain't mad at that. Uh, so after that, uh, <laughs> we had a, a nice little, uh, well, well, maybe nice is not the right word to use here. We had one hell of an ugly face-to-face, no contact now, uh, <laughs> because uh, going into Extreme Rules, if either Seth or Matt Riddle touched one another, their match would be tossed. And so they both got in the ring. And they both had some some shots below the belt. Um, Seth talking about Riddle's kids, how Riddle can't see his children anymore, and how Riddle fires back with about how Seth hasn't held a title in like five years and uh, is second when it comes to Roman Reigns, second when it comes to Becky Lynch's, doesn't have any main events at WrestleMania. And it gets it gets pretty heated before the special guest referee Daniel Cormier from UFC laying down the law telling them that they need to train smart for their match at Extreme Rules. After that, we had a great match um, in the women's division as the returning Candice LeRae, her second match back after surprising Nikki ASH last week, takes on 
one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions and uh, Damage Control member Dakota Kai. Uh, Dakota does end up getting the victory here, of course, thanks to Damage Control. But I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what's going to be happening after Extreme Rules. If uh, Candice might have to go out and find herself a partner to take out Damage Control. And I can only wonder which way she's going to go. So we um, have a wonderful moment with The Miz and Dexter Loomis. And I say wonderful because The Miz has passed out. Dexter's <laughs> slightly and just, just, just gently brushing his hair. And you see Johnny Gargano kind of walk by, just kind of look at Dexter. Dexter goes the shh. And Johnny just goes, he just kind of looks elsewhere. Like nothing's happening. It's, it's just the continuity between NXT and Raw. It just, it makes me so happy. Uh, Miz eventually comes to after being knocked out. Thanks to Johnny kind of waking him up after Dexter left. Miz freaking out. Uh, I, I, I love this whole thing that Dexter and Miz are doing. It's just been so much fun fun to watch unfold it's a great way to introduce dexter into the into the raw community and the miz the miz can do no wrong here like he he can <laughs> it, it's yeah it's working for both of them and i and i truly appreciate it after that we had one hell of a match between otis and johnny gargano with otis getting the victory uh austin theory was out there as well leading towards uh we're gonna have ourselves a match between Johnny Gargano and in theory next week. So that'll be a lot of fun to watch. Hopefully I was hoping that they would put the money in the bank uh, title on the line, but that's clearly not going to happen. Otis getting the victory here. And then all three with Chad Gibble, jump in the ring, start attacking uh, Johnny wrestling. And then Braun Strowman comes out and makes the save leading into his match with Chad Gable, which was another fantastic match. They need to just keep, Chad Gable on television forever. I don't care. Both shows. Just just do it. Uh, this man, German suplexed Braun Strowman. And some of the shots that came as they were flying through the air were just, it was such a great shot. Chad is so underutilized. And I'm so happy that now he's actually getting major time on television every single show. It's great. I love it. I'm happy. I want them to win the tag titles. I want Chad to have a singles run before he retires for good. It just it's a lot of fun. Uh Braun obviously gets the win over Chad, but still it's just Chad maximizes the chance that he has there on television. It's great. Uh after that, we had the contract signing uh between uh, Bianca Belair and Bailey for Extreme Rules, the first ever women's ladder match for a women's title, which to me still is 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 ridiculous. I could I couldn't believe that they said it. This is the first time ever, and I know they've had Money in the Bank matches, but for the title, the, this is the first first time, and uh, holy shit. <laughs> but I think that this that will be a great match. Honestly, I looked at the card, and I'll talk about the card on Friday when I do my SmackDown study. I look at this card, and I think that either of the women's matches could main event. Actually, this entire card could main event, but I think it would be best if one of the women's championship matches uh, is your main event, especially with Roman not being at the show. Um, but as the contract signing is happening, we go to the back and we see damage control attacking Oscar and miss bliss in the back. 
which caused Bianca to attempt to go help her friends with Bailey literally snatching her from her hair, ripping her over the top of the <laughs> over the top of the table. Continues to beat on her for a few minutes before Bianca's able to escape and run to the back to try to help her friends. Uh, it looks like there's been some pretty severe damage to to Oscar's leg, but Miss Bliss is like, I no, I've had enough of this, and challenges an EO Sky to a match, and that is your main event. So obviously we get some Hell Fury to go. Five feet of Fury is back. We'll see what happens after that. We had Solo Sequoia taking on and defeating Angelo Dawkins. We found out that Montez Ford has an injured foot. It was very sad to see. Uh, the bloodline, though, were there. Obviously, Sands, Roman Reigns, just stating that next week Roman will be on Raw for the main event, uh, for uh, the season premiere. I love how people are always like, well, why is there a season premiere of a show that's never stopping? Well, I mean, it's October. You know, sometimes this is the beginning of, you know, the new fiscal year for people and they want to do it. So then why are they doing it this week? I don't know. I don't run things. This is just what they're doing. Normally with the season premieres, they get new songs. They get new everything. So we'll see. Should be a great show, especially just ruling out of extreme rules. It kind of makes sense for it to be the season premiere because your show, your storylines are effectively wrapping up at this pay-per-view moving forward into Crown Jewel and Survivor Series. But obviously there was some words said between the Bloodline and the Street Profits leading uh, Solo to challenge Angelo to a match. And this was a great match. Angelo Dawkins continues to impress as a singles competitor. I know I said this a while back that I didn't think that he would be able to survive after the Street Profits broke up. I eat those words. I have no problem doing so. I, I love what Angelo has done. And it's it's great. It's great to see. And I look forward to seeing what he does afterwards. But for now, Street Profits are still going to be great. I don't know how long... Montez Ford's injury is going to allow him to be out, but this is a great time for Angelo Dawkins to get that, you know, continued singles match, you know, under his wing, be able to fine tune himself going forward. And then after that, we did have, like I said, our main event, EO Sky taking on Miss Bliss with EO getting the win. And I bet you all know why <laughs> damage control once again, getting involved. Um, So after the match was over, uh, Bianca was out there with Miss Bliss. Obviously, that didn't help as much as it should have. Bailey and Dakota getting involved. EO gets the win. Then they jump in the ring to attack Miss Bliss. Bianca slides in the ring. They start fighting with her as well. She gets taken out. And then poor Asuka comes down with a kendo stick. Ends up getting taken out as well. And as the show goes off the air, Bailey climbing the ladder with the title and the rest of damage control on both sides. And that is how your show ends. So going into Extreme Rules, like I said at the very beginning, we did have more stuff with the White Rabbit. Uh, there was this interesting moment where they were showing uh, Bianca, uh, Alexa, and Roscoe on in the back where the, the screen was distorting before the QR code popped up on the screen. And for a split second, there was a fiend mask that was over Miss Bliss's head. And, of course, the internet jumped on that real quick and just kind of off they went. So the QR code came out and everybody went through and they just, you know, dismantled what it was. And it's just more coordinates for the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. 
talking about Samson Delilah, and it's just, it just it it needs to be Bray. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun. I really do look forward to it. Um, this Sunday's, uh, I'm sorry, this Saturday. I love that they were to be also doing pay reviews on a Saturday. Uh, it's 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 fantastic. So, but that's it for tonight. Uh, we'll be rolling into NXT uh, tonight when this drops. And uh, we'll see uh, how things go. I will be back Saturday, dropping the SmackDown study right before the pay-per-view. Uh, that will also count as my pre-show for the pay-per-view. Uh, I will be doing a post-show as well on Sunday. We'll go over Extreme Rules, see what happened, all the ridiculousness, and who the reveal was. But guys, if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. We are a little under, or sorry, a little over 500 people away from 10,000. I can't believe we've got there. We're so close. We're so close. So if you could have your friends go follow us, converse with us, talk with us, see what's going on. Uh, if you have also, if you haven't already, we did release our Above the Ring episode 131, which was a bit of a tribute to it, uh, to Antonio Inoki, who passed away this past week. Uh, we also talked about uh, the last couple of weeks in the wrestling world. We uh, also stood our second week, uh, our second episode with a question of the week. Uh, our first one was, what was your favorite wrestling video game growing up? And this week's question is, what is your favorite gimmick match? Uh, whether it be in WWE, AEW, wherever. Let us know. We'd like to hear from you. We'll continue doing these. We can get some people to start talking, and we can kind of just go. See how this all works out. But you can also find us on Facebook at Ship It Above the Ring. You can find us on Instagram as underscore Above the Ring. And on YouTube as Above the Ring. You find myself pretty much everywhere as Scotty J Stream. You can find this podcast on basically every podcasting platform that is out there. If we're not on one that you're listening to, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. And we can do a one-stop podcast shopping and add a little bedlam to your day from Above the Ring. As always, my name is Scott. I am the man behind the Twitter of Above the Ring. Most importantly, guys, thank you so much for listening. Do not forget to ship it and join the bedlam. Have a good day. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.